my Lanta. Oh, my Lanta. Hey there, Tanner Fuller Gibbler fans. Angela Bowen here, the host of Oh My Lanta, Holy Chalupas, an unofficial Full House Fuller House podcast. Full <laughs> Okay. Uh, well, it is a certain somebody's birthday today, and that somebody is a cast member of Fuller House. And the actress that I'm speaking of is... Sony Bringus. She plays Ramona Gibbler. She turned 18 today. So happy 18th birthday, Sony. 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 Uh, sorry. So the, uh, the episode I chose to celebrate her birthday was season 2, episode 3, entitled Ramona's Not-So-Epic First Kiss. In this episode, Ramona's first kiss leads to a heartbreaking lesson in love. A memorable sister night makes wedding crashers out of DJ and Stephanie. This episode has a 7.1 out of 10 based on 291 ratings. It was directed by Rich Carell, writer Jeff Franklin, the, free, the creator, Brian... Behar, uh, Steve Baldakowski, Kate Spurgeon, and Edie Fay. Okay. Popko's second appearance in the series, the song Stephanie quotes, Bad Boys, or Bad Bad Boys, They Make Me Feel So Good, is actually sung by Gloria Estefan, not Donna Summer. Alright. Well, I didn't know that. Connections, Frozen, mentioned by DJ. Captain America Civil War, mentioned by Fernando. 13 Candles, features a clip of DJ's and Kimmy's first kiss. Happy New Year, features a clip of Stephanie's first kiss. So we do have some, or a user review, of course, by the ever-faithful Power Mandan. Gives us an 8 out of 10 with the title, Make Sure They're Worthy. No truer words have ever been spoken. This was put up, published on May 27th, 2019. So, last spring. Alright. This one says, one of the better episodes. Popco and Ramona kiss, just so that her first kiss is out of the way. Doesn't that kind of cheapen it, though? But she enjoyed it and wants for them to be officially boyfriend slash girlfriend. When he invites her to the movies with a bunch of friends, she thinks it is a real date. Turns out he already has a girlfriend. Less attractive than Ramona, that is. <laughs> okay. Heartbroken, she sneaks out of the theater and back home. DJ and her little sister crash a wedding to not meet guys. Their plan was to just have a sister night, but they meet guys. It's a pretty funny night, or it's a pretty funny plot. This episode is a bit like the episode in Full House Season 2 when DJ got her heart broken. In fact, this episode was Full House worthy, like something the original series would have made. They talk about who is worth falling for in such an intelligent way. Yes, this is a sweet episode. And I especially love how Max gives... 
uh, dating advice to Ramona and also helps her pick out the best wardrobe to impress Popco. I gotta say, I'm not a fan of Popco, of this character. He just, he's clearly a teenage womanizer. He's a player. It's just nothing good about this dude. Oh, there's a goof. When the she-wolf pack goes to Ramona's room to discuss her quote-unquote date, Ramona's label on her jacket goes from being tucked inside to outside and back to inside her jacket. All within the same scene. Well, it was probably filmed several times, so continuity. I mean, I'm not going to harp on it, so. Okay, so to let you new listeners know, if you just started listening to this podcast, there are a couple ways that you can go and follow along to find out what episodes I have done, what episodes I'm going to be working on in the future. Currently, I am working on the series Jesse and Becky, a love story series. And I just concluded the wedding parts one and two. And I will be focusing this week on Fuller House where Jesse and Becky come back from their honeymoon and they move into her apartment. So one of the places you can go to find the podcast and follow along is Oh My Atlanta Holy Chalupas, a Full House Fuller House podcast. Or you can type in Full House Podcast or Fuller House Podcast in the search bar. Also, on Instagram, OMHC Full House Fuller House Pod. And on Twitter at OMHC Full House. If you'd like to send an email and talk about your favorite characters, favorite episodes, if you even have opinions or comments on if you want to send an audio clip you can do that too just remember it's a clean podcast keep it clean send it to omhcfhfhpodcast at gmail.com and lastly if you're a regular listener if you've been listening for a bit if you like this podcast and you want to show your love and support go to apple Podcasts, go to itunes leave a review use emojis to describe your favorite characters favorite episodes just have fun and be creative i'd love to try to figure out based on emojis what episode or character you're describing (laughs) all right without further ado let's jump into this episode all right we open the episode the kids are in the living room ramona and jackson are on the couch looking at their phones popco's sitting on an end table they're most likely having a conversation via text because apparently this just shows how kids are so into tech that they don't even bother to talk actual words and look at each other's faces. Instead, they would rather look at a screen. And Kimmy comes in with some, a big bowl of popcorn and stuff for the kids. She's being motherly for this teen hangout. try interacting with each other? Who do you think we're texting? (laughs) (laughs) Oh, man. It's 4.30. Gotta go FaceTime Lola. Hey, sounds like you're finally getting somewhere. Well, I'm actually FaceTiming her brother, but with any luck, she'll be in the background. So he's hanging out with her brother to get Jackson's my best friend. But man, he's got no game. 
He's been working Lola for eight months, and all he got was one pathetic pity peck. Yeah, the poor kid called it a makeout session. Yeah. Delusional. <laughs> so, how many guys have you kissed? I mean, like, none of your business. None of your business? Yeah. So, zero. Again, none of your business. I'm just waiting for the right guy. But I don't know if I'll ever find him in our lame school. All of the boys are so immature. It's true. We're very childish. <laughs> but hey, if I were you, I'd get that first kiss out of the way so you know what you're doing. Maybe it was someone you don't like at all. Like me. Right. You have a good point. I really don't like you. Yeah. And pop goes the guy for all your makeout needs. Step into my office and take a seat. <laughs> okay. Let's do it. Really? That worked? Yes. I want to get my first kiss out of the way. Just stop talking before I change my mind. That isn't popcorn in the bowl. What is wow. That? So that's what all the fuss was about. There's no way that was your first kiss. You were pretty good. One more, and you'll really have it down. Okay, let's do it again. funny Kimmy comes in and I thought it was popcorn in that bowl but I, I don't know what that's supposed to be and she brings out a little bowl that I'm not sure what's in that either but she's like hey here's a funny idea why don't you guys actually try interacting with each other maybe like actually look at each other's faces and Jackson's like look what we're doing we're, we're doing that and they all three of them laugh like ah, that was a good one <laughs> And Kimmy is just like, ah, teenagers. I'm so happy this, this uh, technology didn't exist when I was young. So Jackson goes off to FaceTime Lola. And Pop goes all like, whoa, wow. After so long, you're finally, like, getting with her and everything. And he's like, well, no, I'm actually FaceTiming her brother. But <laughs> hopefully she'll be in the background. Talk about desperate and I love how when he leaves, like, Ramona and Popko are talking about the fact that, oh, Popko calls it, like, a pity peck, what Lola gave him. And even Ramona's like, yeah, the kid called it a makeout session. Oh, poor kid. I'm sorry, but a peck on the lips is not a makeout session by any means. Of course, uh, they keep on the topic of kissing, and of course, Pop goes like, well, how many guys have you kissed? And I'm all like, uh, I don't think that's your business, guy. And Ramona's like, none of your business. I'm like, go, girl! So, basically, Ramona's waiting for the right guy, but she's like, I don't know if I'll ever find him in our lame school, because every boy in that school is immature. And Pop goes like, yeah, well, we're child. I like, well, no, actually, I don't like this. Popko is way overconfident. Like, he's probably kissed a bunch of girls. 
because he speaks of with such confidence. Like, oh, step into my office as he pets the the couch, and she basically wants to get her first kiss over with. It's like this just sounds like this is something that a kid of today or twenty seventeen would say something like this. Like, I just want to get it over with. And Popcorn, I almost called him Popcorn. <laughs> Popco's like, yeah, so that way you'll be uh, professional or you'll be uh, comfortable with it when you get kissed again. You'll actually know what you're doing. I'm just like, when I watched TV shows in the 90s, Girls were always, like, saying how they wanted their first kiss to be special and magical. Like, like DJ, when she, that 13 Candles episode, when she, you know, with her first kiss with Kevin, she just didn't want to do it in front of everybody because everyone was looking and she wanted, you know, you put so much emphasis on your first kiss with a person. You put so much pressure and it's right also up there just above that first kiss pressure is going to be the pressure of your first time and putting so much emphasis on it. It's got to be special. It's got to be magical. And it's basically you're painting a picture of what you see in the movies of how something should be and how it's going to be great. And honestly, not all first kisses are going to be great. Especially if they're unwanted kisses. Popco says, I get that first kiss out of the way so you know what you're doing. It's like... Ugh, it's like he's coming. Ugh, I don't like that hat he's wearing. It's, I don't like his outfit. He's got this like cream white fedora hat thing with a black band around it. He's got a leather jacket. He's got like a tie-dye shirt and of course his dog tag thing going on. And like pick a sh- style and go with it. You're like throwing like five different styles into a hat and just like, oh, go with this, 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 and this. Be like me, putting on a t-shirt and then putting a tank top on top of said t-shirt. And then putting pants on and putting shorts on top of those pants or something just, it, it's weird. Maybe it's not that extreme, but like he's trying to be like cool, grungy, and like a bad boy, but he's got to wear, he's always, every dang scene this dude is in, he's wearing a freaking hat. I don't like the hat. Yeah, he, he even says you should get it over with and it should be with someone you don't like, like me. And she's like, yeah, I really don't like you. Who would want to waste their first kiss on someone they don't like? She's all like, all right, well, let's do it. As they sit back to, as they sit on the couch, he's like, really? Wow, that actually worked. So, with this line, it almost seems like he's never kissed a girl before, or clearly he has, and he's just using this as a line to get Ramona to kiss him, because he wants to kiss a girl. It's almost like it's another notch in my belt type thing. And the way when they kiss, the audience is like, Woo! Oh, she's holding her phone the whole time, too! What is in the... What is in the... That yellow bowl. Oh, I bet they're chips. Why did I don't know why I thought I just assumed like, oh, there's popcorn. No, it's I think it's chips or something. So Ramona is kind of like, wow, that was that's what all the fuss was about. It's not like she said that. She said that like you know she was surprised and everything like like it was like that good. Wow, like this is as good as everyone says it is kissing. It's not like she said, wow, that was a horrible experience I want to erase from my mind. 
But, of course, she, like, let's try it again just to make sure that I don't actually hate this. Because he even says, like, are you sure you haven't kissed? This is your first kiss? Because you seem to know what you're doing. They kiss on the lips. Basically, it's not like they're opening their mouths and exchanging tongue spit or anything like that. Of course, the second time around that they kiss, who walks in but Max with Cosmo? And he's like, yuck! I watch TV on that couch. And I'm just thinking, that is a Tanner family couch. How many first kisses have, or kisses in general, have been on that couch? Quite a few. That couch is no stranger to kisses. Of course, Max just assumes, like, hey, are you guys boyfriend and girlfriend? And Ramona's like, no, I mean, we don't even like each other. I love this. Oh, Cosmo. Rest in peace, Cosmo. Max turns to Cosmo and says, just so you know, Cosmo, when I kiss you, that means I love you. And he kisses Cosmo on top of his head. Oh! It seems like always Max got the scenes with Cosmo. Just kind of like, usually with Stephanie who got a lot of the scenes with Comet. And of course he looks at Ramona and Popcorn's like, you teenagers are so shallow. Oh, the fact that she's like, we don't even like each other. No, we're not boyfriend and girlfriend. Now we move to the kitchen where Stephanie is helping feed Tommy. Well, actually, he's feeding himself like a saltine. She's like, oh, can I have a bite? Oh, he's got little Cheerios in one of those little cups. Those spill-proof cups. Aww! I love how he extends it out to her and she takes a bite. That is so cute! And it's so nice because Jody Sweeten, who plays Stephanie... She has two kids of her own, so she's been in that mommy role and stuff like that, and she's just so comfortable being around the kids, because she has her own. So DJ comes in the door, she is just exhausted, like, oh, Stephanie, can you feed me too? After she gives Tommy a kiss on the head. I'm too strained to chew. <laughs> of course, Stephanie knows exactly the best way to help. DJ by suggesting a cup of tea, a hot bubble bath, and you'll be in bed by 9.30. I'm still at work at 9.30 at night. <laughs> of course, DJ's like, so not true. Ugh, never make it to 9.30. Okay, so we do learn it's Saturday night, and Stephanie's like, look, it's been ages since we had a sister night. I mean, I mean, unless you want to count that uh, season one episode where they go out to the club with the well, see, I'm getting tired, and it's only 8.49 at night. <laughs> um, with, when they went out with Kimmy in the season one episode, Funner House, where Joey babysits. Yeah. That episode, I'm actually going, Funner House, I'm going to do in the Adventures and Babysitting series, which I've, I've been, last night I was coming up with all these different type of series, like I want to throw episodes into like a theme and stuff like that. And it's like, I'm coming up with some good ones. Like there's one um, called Parenting 101, which is going to have, you know, Jesse and Becky, their parenting episodes of the twins. Uh, parenting 102 is going to be uh, having Danny... With his kids, Crimes and Michelle's Demeanor, Devil Maybe Do It, Driving Miss DJ, and Danny in Charge. So, yeah, I'll get more into that in uh, a later episode. Just kind of things I have planned for, like, maybe later in this year and into next year and stuff. So, so DJ's like, oh, you know what's in town? My favorite mi musical. And Stephanie's like, oh, we are not seeing Wicked again. Of course, 
DJ grasps onto the theme of sisters. It's about sisters, and it's a sister night. It's like, you've seen it already, please. I'm sure it's amazing. I'm sure it's beautiful. And Stephanie's like, let it go. Ah, Frozen, another movie about sisters. And DJ's like, we could go to the Frozen sing-along. I gotta admit, as much as I like Frozen, I really like Frozen 2. And I, I know people are probably gonna be angry as I say, I think Show Yourself is better, a little bit better than Let It Go. I don't know why, I just I cling to Show Yourself over Let It Go. I think just because Let It Go had so much hype behind it and I'm like, oh, I like the song, but I love Show Yourself. Also, Lost in the Woods is a good one from Frozen 2. So, Stephanie's like, <laughs> you know what, why don't you just take your bubble bath and go to bed? <laughs> So DJ's like, all right, all right, all right. What do you want to do? So Stephanie, of course, has to bring up the fact that DJ got rejected in the romance department by letting Steve and Matt go. And then she got, uh, DJ got rejected by the UPS guy. And DJ's like, what UPS guy? And Stephanie says, well, I mean, I tried to set you up, but he said he wasn't available for five to seven business days. Okay. <laughs> Sure. And you'd have to be here when he arrives. <laughs> that's funny. Because that's how UPS works, apparently. So Stephanie is all about finding a good guy for DJ. And DJ's like, no, I don't need a good guy. I just need a night out with my sister. So Stephanie tells her, go put on a pretty party dress and we'll go out as if we're meeting guys, but we're not going to be meeting guys. Of course, Kimmy comes in like, whoa, whoa, you guys better not be going out without me. Somebody's got to stay in and watch the kiddos. Of course, Kimmy brings up the fact that they're the she-wolf pack. You can't two of you go out and leave the lone wolf by herself, right? Right. You travel in a pack, hence the word, the she-wolf pack. And apparently, in the words of the Jungle Book, as Kimmy quotes, the wolf is the pack, and the pack is the wolf. I mean, you're not going, you're going to babysit the children. Sorry. And of course, Kimmy's got to do her, wolf hollow. And the audience just goes, yeah, love that wolf howl, woo! So DJ's like, oh, I'm sorry, you want to go out with us? And of course, Kimmy's like, oh, no, I'm, I'm, I'm busy, so. <laughs> it's like, why did you bring it up? <laughs> DJ's like, all right, Stephanie, where are we going to go? And of course, Stephanie's like, well, we're going to dress up and we're going to go to where everyone is dressed fabulously. And we're going to eat and drink and dance for free. It's called a wedding. They're basically going to be wedding crashers. Now, I've not seen the movie with Owen Wilson and Vince Vaughn, but um, is wedding crashing really a thing? DJ, of course, like, oh, I love weddings. Whose wedding are we going to? And Stephanie's like, well, don't know until we crash it. We're just going to improvise on the fly tonight. And of course, the idea of being a wedding crasher leads DJ to say, I'm a good girl gone bad. Speaking of good girls going bad, remember the episode in season four where DJ sneaks out to help Kimmy babysit and study with Ryan and Bitterman? Girl, good, called good girls just want to have fun? Yeah. You were always out. You had a little rebel streak in you there. You know you did, DJ. I love this. How DJ's like, let's stay out till 10.30. I'll pay for it tomorrow, but what the hey. <laughs> so 
I'm going to play this clip here as Ramona comes down and tells her mom all about her first kiss. Mom, I've got big news. I can tell you anything, right? Of course you can. We're like sisters. In fact, we're like twin sisters. I don't like that. <laughs> From a distance. Yeah, At night. <laughs> mom, you'll never believe it. I just had my first kiss. When was it? Where was it? Who was it? Five minutes ago, living room, Popco. Popco? That cocky little kid with the hat? <laughs> uh, I mean, that's great, honey. <laughs> I don't like that kid. It's okay, Mom. I mean, I thought he was conceited, too, but now that I kissed him, he's not that bad. Well, he's still conceited. Really? Yeah, and he's kind of cute, too. That pork pie hat is adorable. Pork pie hat? I know. What is that? Now I think I kind of like him. Aww. Aww. Hey, uh, Popco just texted me. He wants to know if he want to go to the movies with him and some friends tonight. He does? He likes me too. <laughs> Get used to it. The Gibbler women are like man magnets. <laughs> okay, tell him Ramona said, yeah, sure. Wait, no, no, no. That sounds too desperate, right? Um, say... Okay, whatever. And type it just like I said it. Okay, whatever. <laughs> Perfect. So, yeah, I like hear how Ramona comes down and she's like, I have big news. I can tell you anything, right? And Kimmy's all like, yeah, of course you can. We're like sisters. Twin sisters. From a distance. Like, Okay. And then she adds, at night, when she sees Kim, Ramona's face, like, mm, I don't know if that sounds correct. <laughs> I love this when she says, Mom, I just had my first kiss. And the way that they hold hands and they jump up and down, like, like oh, it's so, <laughs> wow. So of course, Kimmy wants to know all the dates. When was it? Where was it? Who was it with? Basically, Ramona says it was five minutes ago, the living room with Popco. Of course, when Kimmy finds out it's Popco, she's like, Popco? That cocky little kid with a hat? Of course, Ramona turns around and says, mm-hmm. and Kimmy's like, oh, well, yeah, I mean, she's like, oh, that's great, honey. She takes her hand. <laughs> like, I still want to be in your life. I still want you to tell me things. Just, Kimmy's like, I got to be okay with this, even though I'm not. So, Ramona's kind of got, um first kiss brain here she's like oh well i mean i thought he was conceited too but now that i kissed him he's not that bad i'm like just because you kissed him doesn't erase his personality this kid's clearly a player and clearly i mean we can tell that it seems like i'm not judging all guys saying first kisses don't mean anything to him but when it comes to popco she was just another set of lips to him because he's clearly kissed other girls before and I think he did take advantage he took advantage of her it's like oh well you may as well get your first kiss over with so that way the next time you know what you're doing and uh, Ramona says how he's kind of cute too and Kimmy says yeah that pork pie hat is adorable so I had to look it up all right pork pie hat the hat similar to a fez Let's see. Classic brown felt men's pork pie hat from the 1940s. Note that the bow in the back of the hat conceals a small button on a string which winds around the hat. In windy weather, the button would be attached to the lapel of a jacket to keep the hat from blowing away. 
A pork pie hat is one of several different styles of hat that have been popular in one context or another since the mid-19th century, all of which bear superficial resemblance to a pork pie. We got Buster Keaton in the 1920s. We got the 1930s and 40s, post-50. Let's see. At the end of World War II, the pork pie's broad popularity declined somewhat. As a result of the Zoot Suit connection, it continued its association with African-American music culture, particularly jazz, blues, and ska. Let's see. Television between 1951 and 55, Art Carney frequently wore one in his characterization of Ed Norton in The Honeymooners. Excuse me. Let's see. It says that the heyday of the pork pie hat occurred during the Great Depression. In this incarnation, the pork pie regained its snap brim and increased slightly in height. Among famous wearers of the pork pie during this era are Frank Lloyd Wright, whose pork pie had a very wide brim, or rather a tall crown, Lester Young, whose career as a jazz saxophonist spans from the mid-1920s to the late 1950s, Charles Mingus, Okay, interesting, interesting, gotcha, gotcha, gotcha. And apparently in the 1940s, flashy feathered colored cornet became associated with the zoot suit. Let's move on from the pork pie hat. At least now I know what it's called. Like I said, Ramona is, this kiss was deeply, deeply felt by her. It really, as nice as it is, it just shows that she is vulnerable and she's going to get hurt. This kiss meant more to her than it did to Popco. So Jackson comes down with his phone and says, Hey, Ramona, Popco wants to know if you want to go to the movies with him and a bunch of friends. And, of course, Ramona's like, yeah, yeah. And Ramona's like, oh my gosh, he does? And she turns to Kimmy and says, oh, he likes me too. I'm like, oh girl, you're going to get hurt. You're going to get so hurt. And, of course, Kimmy's like, well, get used to it. Because the Gibbler women are like man magnets. So she turns to Jackson and says, all right, tell him Ramona said, yeah, sure. But she said, wait, 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 wait. That sounds too desperate, doesn't it? Um, just say, okay, whatever. Oh, she said, say, okay, whatever. And type it just like I said it. And Jackson's like, okay, whatever. <laughs> She's like, good, good, good. Okay, so Ramona's trying to decide what she wants to wear on this, what she thinks is probably a date, just with a bunch of friends. And Max comes in with a radio flyer wagon and a, a uh, bucket full of suds. Oh, Max, that plan is going to be dead, but I know he's got, I know he's got good intentions, but I don't think that plant wants soapy water. You just hear the audience go, oh. <laughs> Ramona looks at Max like, what, what are you doing? And, of course, Max is on this part of it's a one kid can make a difference project. Uh, it goes from bad to worse. He's like, I'm watering your plants with my recycled bathtub water. I'm like, oh, gross. Oh, no, don't, don't do that. You just let that water go down the drain, guy. <laughs> don't recycle it, please. Ramona's like, you're using dirty bath water? And Max is like, no, it has soap in it. I'm like, but it's still used water that you cleaned yourself in. Like, so it's clean. <laughs> it has soap in it. Why aren't you smarter? Oh, 
<laughs> I love this guy. I love this kid. He is adorable. So Ramona's like, Max, look, I had bigger problems here, okay? I don't know what you at least to go with. I got the red here and I got the... Is that green? She's got a red spaghetti strap dress and a green dress. So she's like, what dress should I wear on my first date with Popco? Tells him that, you know, she and Popco are going to the movies. And Max is like, wait, wait. You have a date with a kid you don't like? She's like, yes, because I changed my mind and now I like him. So he hops up on her bed and says, you know, I get it. I was the same way with Blake Shelton, which is a country singer. Some of the audience is, woo! There's just something about him. Oh, I like how he's like, all right, let's see. You said you're going to the movies, right? All right. So I suggest you dress to match your snacks in case you spill. So he's like, all right, what's your favorite icy flavor, blue or red? Basically, blue or red is either blue raspberry or what? Red is most likely going to be cherry, right? I think. And she's like, red. Good choice, Ramona. Taking it for the red camp. Woo! <laughs> and Max is like, well, you couldn't have had your work done more better for you. Red it is. She's got a red little TV. Oh, oh, girl, my heart. Oh, I'm going to play this clip because I love them together. It's so cute. And I love that he's giving her advice. And then after, I'll talk about Blake Shelton for a second. She also has a pillow on her bed. That's like black with polka dots. And then it's got like a little border of uh, pink. Or not a border. It's got like a little, um, it says dream and then in cursive. And then underneath it says big in big letters in white. It's cool. song that because i was looking at like blake shelton's earliest stuff from like the early aughts 2001 and 2003 and there was one so i 
his number one hit at, back in the early days was Austin. But the one song that rips my heart to shreds, and I'm going to read the lyrics. It's called The Baby. So I'm going to read the lyrics real quick. If this thing will get off my screen, go away. Thank you. All right. My brother said that I was rotten to the core. I was the youngest child, so I got by with more. I guess she was tired by the time I came along. She'd laugh until she cried. I could do no wrong. She would always save me because I was her baby. I worked a factory in Ohio, a shrimp boat in the bio. I drove a truck in Birmingham. Turned 21 in Cincinnati. I called home to mom and daddy. I said, your boy is now a man. She said, I don't care if you're 80. <clears throat> You'll always be my baby. See, I'm starting to get tear up. She loved that photograph of our whole family. She'd always point us out for all her friends to see. That's Greg. He's doing great. He really loves his job. And Ronnie with his two kids. How about that wife he's got? And that one's kind of crazy, but that one is my baby. Oh, God, guys, it's going to break my heart. I got a call in Alabama, said, come on home to Louisiana and come as fast as you can fly. Because your mama really needs you. And she says she's got to see you. She might not make it through the night. Oh, God. The whole day, the whole way I drove 80 so she could see her baby. Oh, oh boy. She looked like she was sleeping and my family had been weeping. By the time I got to her side, I knew that she'd been taken and my heart, it was breaking. I never got to say goodbye. I softly kissed that lady and cried just like a baby. And now I'm starting to cry. Oh, God, I love that song. It's so beautiful. Definitely look it up on, on YouTube. And you'll go, I'm sure you'll cry just like I am. All right, so let's get back to the episode. So Ramona comes down the stairs. She's wearing the red dress. She's got a sleeveless denim top on underneath it. and Or over top of it. And, of course, Ramona's parents, Kimmy and Fernando, come up. Because it's a big deal. It's their daughter's first date. Here we go. This is really happening. Oh, honey, you look so pretty. Come here. I'm going to let this boy know there will be no monkey business. <laughs> and then I'll make him like me. <laughs> Just please do not embarrass me. Hey, Popco. Hey. Hey, dude. Hello, señor Popco. <laughs> ¿Qué haces acá? ¿Qué pretendes de mi hija? Eh? Mira, si le rompes el corazón, me voy a ir a tu casa y le voy a tirar huevos en la cabeza a toda tu familia, ¿entendés? Oh, my gosh. Hey, bro. <laughs> Have a gnarly night. Yeah. <laughs> okay, everybody say goodbye to my parents. Oh, but I have a great night. Don't do great on night. Uh-huh. Hey, I'm watching you. Yes, yes, yes. I'm sorry. They only have one kid. <laughs> hey, Popko. Cute hat. It's the same one I always wear. Well, You're so funny. To her. <laughs> okay, come so, down, you guys want to see the Kevin Hart movie that came out today? Or the Kevin Hart movie that came out yesterday? <laughs> yesterday. 
I don't know what that laughs about, but... What is wrong with you? <laughs> Nothing! That's how I laugh! <laughs> hey, babe, what do you want to see? Whichever one you want. I was talking to Bethany. Ow! You jerk! Oh! Boy! So, so you guys are a thing? Oh, we don't like labels, but it's all good. So she's fine with you kissing sure. her. Yeah. All good. What in the heck is going on here? Yeah, if you tell him, Max. Max, don't worry about it. No. Don't worry Someone's about it. Someone's gonna say something. I just spent 25 minutes picking out the perfect outfit for Ramona's date with you. <laughs> and then I walk into this. You thought we were on a date? I didn't think we were on a date. Oh, yes, you did. Yeah. And if you weren't two feet taller than me, we'd be taking this outside. Yes, buddy. What is going on here? I have no idea. Neither do I. Let's go see that movie. Yeah. That's right, Popco. You best walk away. You're lucky I'm not allowed out after dark. Yeah. So the kids that they're all going to the movies with come in along with Popco and pa uh, <laughs> Fernando like starts laying into Popco, most likely threatening his life in Spanish and Popco's eyes are just as big as saucers like, oh, this guy's going to kill me. And at this point, Ramona is thinking this is a date. So she pushes Kimmy and Fernando back into the kitchen and is like, sorry, Popco, they only have one kid, so they need to make a big deal about this. She's like, oh, wow, nice hat. And he's like, that's what I always wear. And it's like, why are you all of a sudden now being a jerk to her? He was using her just to get a kiss. What a jerk. And it goes from bad to worse, guys. He's like, hey. Who wants to see the Kevin Hart movie that came out today or the one that came out yesterday? And Ramona's like, uh, yesterday. And she starts doing this laugh that we've never heard. And if memory serves me correctly, I don't think that Kimmy ever laughed like this when she was in front of a cute boy. And Jackson is like, Ramona, what's going on with you? You don't laugh like that normally. So Pop goes like, hey, babe, what do you want to see? And clearly you can probably tell he's not really talking to her. More like talking through her to the girl behind. Ramona's like, I don't know. What do you want to see? She says, Wh whichever one you want. And he's like, oh, no, I wasn't talking to you. I was talking to Bethany. And Ramona is like, oh, are you two a thing? And Popco, like, slings his arm around Bethany. Like, oh, well, we don't like labels. I'm like, so she's okay with the fact that you kissed Ramona. So, you have an open relationship, I'm guessing, at 13? Okay. And Max, of course, we come to the stairs, and Max is like, excuse me, what is going on here? He's the only one needs to come down and say, what is this? I don't like this. Because he's like, look, I just spent 25 minutes with Ramona putting out the perfect outfit for her date with you. And of course Pablo was like, well what? This wasn't a date. You thought this was a date? And Ramona's like trying to play it off like, oh no, no, of course not. No. I didn't think this was a date. 
my heart is kind of breaking for Ramona and she's trying to put on a brave face. It's just like, I just kissed you and now you're with this girl who, honestly, I gotta say, I'm not trying to shame this girl or nothing, but it's like, dude, Ramona's a great girl. Why are you playing her like that? Of course this girl gets no speaking lines, as do none of the other kids that are with them either, so. So, Ramona's like, Max, don't, don't worry about it, okay? And he's like, no, 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 let me, let me take care of this, let me handle this, because I'm, actually, <laughs> and then I walk into this. And Pop goes all like, you thought we were on a date? It's like, he's so, like, oh, why would you think that we're on a date? And Ramona's like, oh, no, I didn't think we were on a date. And Max is like, oh, yeah, she did? I heard it from her lips, the same lips that you just kissed earlier today. I love how Max just is like, hey, if you weren't two feet taller than me, we'd be taking this outside. Like, yeah, he's pulling a character from the outsiders. Like, let's take this outside. Urgh. Apoku is basically like, what is going on here? And Jackson's like, I have no idea as he looks at Ramona. Like, what is going on here? We're all gonna go hang out at the movies. When did you think this was a date? So Ramona's be trying her best to be cool about it. Like, hey, let's go see that movie. Sorry to Bethany, but she ain't got nothing on Ramona. Ramona is all that, a bag of chips and a side of french fries. Mickey D's french fries. Which I think are the best french fries. Popco's walking out and Max is like right on his heels saying, that's right, Popco, you best walk away. You're lucky I'm not out allowed outside after dark. Okay, so now we get to plot B, which has got Stephanie and DJ going to, you know, they're basically crashing what is an Irish wedding. And Stephanie's all like, DJ, why did you bring a gift for a wedding you weren't invited to? And in DJ's case, it's like, because I'm not going to show up empty-handed. If you were crashing a wedding, would you bring a gift? It turns out the gift is a beautiful soap. <laughs> a soap ladle. Yeah, for ladling soap. No, it's a soup ladle. <laughs> They'll enjoy it for years to come. Yes, for all the soup they're going to make. Yummy, yummy soup. Of course, they got to learn who the groom and the bride is. And they are Mickey O'Malley is marrying Colleen O'Shaughnessy. An Irish wedding. And you can definitely tell because the colors are Irish, green, and white. DJ is really hoping for some river dancing because she's like, I always wanted to be Mrs. Michael Flatley. Who? Like, alright, I gotta know who this Michael Flatley is. So he is a dancer. Michael Ryan Flatley is an Irish-American former dancer, choreographer, and musician. He became internationally known for Irish dance... Irish dance shows, River Dance, Lord of the Dance, Feet of Flames, and Celtic. Is it? It's Celtic, right? Celtic Tiger Live. Flatly shows have played to more than 60 million people in 60 countries and have grossed more than $1 billion. He is currently 61 years old. He will be 62 in July, July 16th. He is 5 foot 9. <laughs> Aw, he has a spouse. Aww. Cool. Oh my goodness. He doesn't look like he's going to be 50 or 62 years old. He's kind of cute. Oh my gosh. 
He's wearing a leather shirt or a leather jacket with no shirt underneath. Wow. Let's see here. Oh man. All right. Let's go. Let's let's take a look. See look at um, Michael Flatley. Let's see here. M I C H E L F L A T L E Y. Lord of the Dance. Let me give a. Oh, he's wow. So this must be his thing is to just wear a jacket with no shirt underneath. Oh, look at that little baby. It's a, it's a, oh, it's a baby sea turtle. It's wagging its one little paddle arm fin, whatever you want to call it. Okay, let's see here. Do it. Do your thing. Oh, man, those flashing lights are going to... I'm sorry, but those flashing lights are really distracting. Does he sing? He's a singer, right? Wow, he's glistening. Uh, uh, interesting. Okay, moving on, moving on. Thank you, Matt Lee. I mean, Michael Flatley. <laughs> Matt Lee. <laughs> Apparently, Stephanie has no idea who Michael Flatley is. She's like, who's that? And TJ's like, the Lord of the Dance? Additional Celtic, okay, so it is pronounced Celtic folk dancing, gotcha. I love DJ, like, and I thought you were dope, yo. So, Stephanie gives DJ the 101 on how to crash a wedding. You gotta blend in, you don't want to stand out. Ooh, potatoes. Basically, if anyone asks, just make up a fun name and a generic backstory. And of course, DJ wants to go a step further by adding an Irish accent to it. I can't do an Irish accent. I love how Stephanie just looks at DJ like, I don't think you can do that. And I think maybe you shouldn't try to pull off an accent because you're going to give us away. And she's like, all right, maybe. Let me hear that accent. And she's like, someone's after me, Lucky Charms. And it says in parentheses, because they got the subtitles on, it says, imitates Irish accent poorly. <laughs> yeah. If, if your go-to Irish accent is the Lucky Charms character from the serial, try again. Everybody's like, no, just no, just no, stop. No humming, no jigging, no whatever you're trying to do. Just stop. You're going to give us away. And I want these potatoes, because she brings up the potato bar. I want a potato. I haven't had a baked potato since a while. I can get them at Wendy's. And of course, I gotta get, I gotta get like the bacon and cheddar. I gotta get the sour cream. Oh, it's so good. Stephanie's like, look, I know I meant what I said when we weren't coming here to meet guys. But Stephanie's like, hey, look over there. A couple of nice looking guy, Irish guys. Oh, especially that one. Woo got kind of a reddish blonde hair to it. Oh, it looks very nice. How big these pieces of bread are so thick. They're like three inches thick pieces of bread. Stephanie, of course, brings DJ over to meet the guy. Just like, here you go. Bye, I'm gonna talk to this one over here. So the guy's like, oh, that's a lovely dress you have on there. And DJ's like, wow, that's a lovely face you have on there. I'm like, oh, God, DJ. <laughs> well, you tried. So this guy's name is Sean. And she, he's like, well, what's your name? And she's like, my name is Sinead O'Connor. Like, oh, really? <laughs> Sinead O'Connor. Of course, he wants to know, do you know the bride or the groom? And it's, it's 
so either he's never heard of Sinead O'Connor or he's just like, whatever, clearly she's crashing this wedding because she doesn't have an accent and everyone else here does have an accent. So Tisha's like, um, that depends. Do you know the bride or the groom? Which one do you know? He's like, well, I'm the groom's second cousin. <laughs> of course she's gonna come up with, like, I'm, like, the bride's, like, fifth cousin or something, I'm sure. Oh, I just guessed at that because I couldn't remember. But she's like, I'm the bride's fifth cousin. I'm like, how does that work? <laughs> how does that work? How does that, how do, okay, so first cousin is gonna be, like, a cousin from, like, an aunt or an uncle, right? And then, like, second cousin is gotta be when your cousin has a kid. And that is, like, a second cousin. So I'm guessing third cousin is gonna be when your cousin's child has a child. And then it just keeps going from there, I'm guessing. Or does it work backwards, like, your parent's cousin or your parent's cousin's kid? Or, I don't know. I, it, ugh boggles the mind. I have no idea and I don't want to research that. From County Cork. Mm. Basically what I know of um, the Irish I pretty much learned from Angela's Ashes by Frank McCourt. Great movie. Great memoir. I actually met Frank McCourt back in 2008. 8 or 9. It was 8. Yes it was. Um, oh my gosh. I remember because it was so cool. He's like the one person I hope that I'd meet one day. But it's like, that's never going to happen. And then one Sunday morning, Jeremy's like, oh, I'm sure you won't be interested in this. As he tosses the paper at me. I look at it and it says that Frank McCourt is coming to my town. I'm like, oh, oh my God. Oh my gosh. So, of course, I get the tickets. I get a ticket and I go see him. And it's early before the show before he's like going to go on and give a talk. So I'm just kind of <laughs> going like a creeper. Like there's like a little restaurant where um at the venue where he was going to be speaking at. So I like go down there and I see like he's, it was like the local college that was able to get him for this fest thing that they were having. And um, they, of course, were all having dinner with him. And I was just kind of hanging out by, like, where the pop was and then you could, like, get some whatever. And I'm just kind of hanging back, just kind of watching. And I'm like, okay, I'm just going to go back upstairs. And when I go to leave, he gets up. And I'm like, this is my chance. I have to. And I introduce myself, and he shakes my hand. I mean, because at this point, he was like 77, 78 years old. And, um, of course, I listen to the talk that he gives. Amazing. And, of course, he's signing books, because I brought my book with me. And, of course, I brought my caramel with me. <laughs> and, of course, I'm getting close. I'm like, oh, my gosh. I kept recording, like, should I, should I not? Should I n do this? So, I'm like, oh, can you take a picture of me with him? No one else was getting their picture taken with him. But it's like, if I don't do this, I'm going to regret it. So, I'm, I hand it to the lady who's orchestrating, like, the autographs and stuff like that. And I sit down. I think he was just, like, probably thinking, what is this? I was like, you shook my hand downstairs. <laughs> Remember? I introduced myself. <laughs> my, your mom and me, we have the same name, Angela. <laughs> no, I didn't say that. But, of course, uh, I just, I have the picture on my fridge. And it's just, I will never forget the, the one. You could even call it a bucket list 
but it's like one of those things you'd like like one of those people like oh, i wish you could meet this person but clearly it's never gonna happen and it did i'm like i gotta i gotta commemorate this mo- moment i gotta do it and sadly he would have passed away the following year in july of 09 from i think it was like pneumonia or something like that and so sad but it's like that was my chance he signed my book and i got my picture taken with him so yeah he's got such an amazing voice if you go like on audible and get like angela's ashes or tis or teacher man uh angela's ashes about his childhood from the age of like three or four when he's living in New York because he was born in the U.S. and then when he's like four or five he and his family end up going back to Ireland to Limerick to try to make a go of things and then when he's 19 he comes back to America. It took him like two or three years to save up to money to be able to go to America and Tiz is about him going eventually going to college you know working at the Biltmore Hotel and you know end up joining the army in World War Two or what is and um he came back on the GI Bill and went to college Columbia, I think it was New York University. Uh, but um got his degree, became a teacher and then of course Teacher Man is all about him teaching in the New York school district for um thirty plus years. But you listen to the audiobooks, he narrates them. He's so good. He's got such an amazing voice. And in the in the um the audiobooks, like in the in the books, he's got like song lyrics, like old so- uh, songs from like his his family that have been passed down and stuff that he'll just randomly sing. The movie in a, from 1999 is really really good too. It's got Emily Watson. It's got um, Robert Car- Carlyle, and also if you get the DVD, it should have hit Frank McCourt's audio commentary on there too. Definitely check them out. All right, let's get back to this. And she's like, "I'm from County Cork, which is in Ireland." It's like, I'm sure he knows that. And the guy is like, "What happened to your accent?" She's like, "Oh, it was terrible, so I dropped it." Like, oh, you just gave yourself away. Of course, he doesn't really care. Like, oh, uh, are you here with anybody? So DJ's like, oh, I'm just here with my sister. I love how the guy kind of waves at Stephanie. <laughs> oh, Carol. <laughs> O'Connor. Wait a minute. Isn't he a guy? Carol, or let me look. I know that that's a guy. I know he's moved, he's passed on also. He was in the heat of the night. Let's see. Let's find it here. Carol. Oops, Carol. Ocon. Here we go. Carol. All in the family. Yeah. Why did I think in the heat? Oh, he was in the heat of the night. (laughs) And he played Archie Bunker. Wow. Next year he'll have been passed away for 20 years. Oh my goodness. He also was in Party of Five. Not the, not the reboot, but, uh, wow. And, of course, we have Sinead O'Connor, because we all know Sinead. Whoops. Sinead O'Connor. Come back, Sinead. Where are you, Sinead? There we go. There she is. She was born in 1966. Wow. A lot of soundtracks here. Oh, my gosh. A lot of stuff. 
course, my favorite song, most popular that I know of her, is Nothing Compares to You. I love this song. I love this song. Oh, I had to listen to the song. Oh, I love it. I love it so much. I gotta say, I mean, because I'm looking at her so far, the best of Sinead O'Connor, which came out in 97. And I'm not seeing any other songs. Like, the only one I rec... Oh my gosh, you got a new album out? What's this? Tears from the Moon, Billy Giley's remix? There's only, like, one song on here. I don't know. Anyway, all right. And he's just like, Sister Carol! <laughs> of course, DJ calls Stephanie or Sister Carol over and says, Ah, I was just telling Sean here that we are from County Cork, which is in Ireland. DJ's like, oh my gosh, I'm so good at this. Uh, you're really not. <laughs> and Stephanie's like, he can hear you. And Sean's like, I can hear both of you. All right, let's get back to the house. Because, I mean, the plot B, them crashing the wedding is... It's okay. Sean's cute, so I guess that kind of makes up for that. Oh, I love this! Oh, we're in Max's room! Max in Jackson's room. And I love how he's, like, tickling Cosmo's belly and then also tickling Tommy's belly because Tommy's on the bed, too. And, of course, Max is like, don't forget, when I get tired, you guys have to tickle me. I'm playing this clip because it's so cute! Tickle, 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 tickle. Stephanie shared that room, and then Stephanie and Michelle used, uh, had that room. Never once did I see them try to climb in the window. But, if you remember the episode Too Much Monkey Business, where Ginger the monkey goes out onto, the, there's a tree just right outside there, and Danny and Joey, like, climb out into the tree, and then, of course, Ginger ends up blocking them in the tree, locking them out of the window of the room. <laughs> so I'm like, oh, that's probably, that tree's probably still there. It was, until that episode of Too Much Monkey Business, we didn't know that there was a tree right outside that window. I think this is so funny when Max is, he hears a knock on the, uh, little uh window thing there and he's like hey Tommy you've come to take us to Neverland and he's like oh wait no it's just Ramona turns out she's hiding from her parents because you know they were so happy for me and I just I couldn't stand to see Popco with Bethany and Max is like you and me both she's like hey can I just hang up out up here Oh yeah, Max was like, it's Peter Pan, come to take us to Neverland. Like, no, we thought it's Ramona. I like that Ramona is, I mean, even though she's hurting and stuff, with seeing Popko with the, that Bethany, 
um, he's like, they were so excited for me, my parents, and I just, I don't want to let them down. I'm like, oh. And Max is like, yeah, well, I mean, plus it's pretty embarrassing for you. This is funny. It's like, all right, anyway, as he slides off the bed, Max is like, you're on tickle duty because I got to use the can. And he looks at her and he says, you don't buy apple juice, you just rent it. Is that like the thing of saying, why buy the cow when you can get the milk for free or something to that effect? I don't know. Oh my god. (laughs) DJ just not that great a singer. Just singing off key as she and Sean are singing Oh Danny Boy. Like clearly DJ doesn't know the lyrics to the song. She's just trying to follow Sean's lead. Like, oh Danny Boy the pipes, the pipes are calling. Oh and She's like, who are the Glen guys? Because the lyric in the song is also from Glen to Glen and down the mountainside. And he's like, I, I'm having the greatest time with you. Do you want to trade numbers? She's like, I think so. Yeah, I'd love to trade numbers. Let me grab my phone. And she says, I also want to talk to my sister who picked you out. So, of course, Stephanie is definitely taking advantage of the buffet because that's the whole point of why she came. To the, the you know crash the wedding was because of the corned beef. Is that what that was? A big sandwich. So it wasn't just like a three inch cut of bread. It was corned beef. Ooh yeah. Me a Reuben, which has corned beef on it. And Stephanie's like, it is so salty. I can feel my feet swelling. Ugh. I don't think that's good. I need to see a doctor. And Stephanie's like, I don't even care. So DJ's like, I know this is crazy, but I think I'm going to give that guy my number. And Stephanie's like, oh, definitely go for it. Of course, DJ's hesitant because she's like, but I don't do things like this. DJ's like, you know, maybe I should do this. I mean, I know I'm always wondering what could go wrong. And that maybe she should start wondering about what could go right. And of course, Stephanie's like, well, I'll tell you what's right. This sandwich here. (laughs) So DJ's like, Stephanie, you're not even listening to me. And Stephanie's like, I am too. Go get your phone. Oh, and stash the spicy mustard in your purse. Why did you make me think of Home Alone with Frank and Leslie on the plane? Like, oh, this is re- this is real crystal. Put this in your purse. No, put this in your purse. Because <laughs> they're thieves. Because they, uh, yeah, they're cheap. They want to, (laughs) like, come on. I know it's first class, but seriously, you're stealing China silverware from the airline. Come on. So Sean goes over to Stephanie while DJ's getting her phone. And Sean's like, wow, your sister is great. And Stephanie's like, well, she she really likes you. And she's like, well, and she's super picky about guys. I'm going to play this clip because, wow, this went uh, in a different direction that I didn't see coming when I first saw this. Oh, oh, okay. Yeah, okay. Sure. <sighs> Your sister's great. Well, she really likes you, and she's super picky about guys. <laughs> oh, so am I. What? <laughs> okay. Yeah.
cleaning, and the other one had a woodchuck puppet. <laughs> I had a confusing childhood, but there was a lot of love. <laughs> um, do you want to trade numbers? And if you're free, do you want to have dinner tomorrow night? I'd love to. Uh, Sinead. <laughs> Carol, I love you to death, but you're kind of hovering. So, and Sean is like, well, I thought you, yeah, I'm gay. Did you not know? I thought you knew that, you both knew that I was gay, right? And she's like, oh, well, yeah, I mean, we know gay. I mean, we grew up with three dads. You know, one was obsessed with cleaning. The other one was obsessed with his hair. The other one had a woodchuck puppet. And Sean is just like trying to wrap his head around this and she's like well I had a confusing childhood and but we had a lot of love and I think this is like Fuller House making a joke about the fact that you know three dad three guys living in a house raising three girls or something you know there was always these jokes going around for and it's almost like the show like yeah we acknowledge that people were making jokes all the time about three guys living in a house so, <laughs> DJ comes back with her phone, like, oh, you want to trade numbers? And, of course, DJ, or, uh, Stephanie is like, oh, um, Sinead, can I talk to you? And, of course, DJ's like, you know, Carol, uh, I like you and all, but you're kind of hovering right now. And all of a sudden, they turn to look because we have some Irish dancing going on, and the girls are going to partake in this. And it definitely reminds me of... Angela's Ashes, when Frank McCourt was around um, 10 or 11, he had to learn um, Irish dancing. So maybe in, after the episode, I'll, I'll talk a little bit about the Irish dancing and Frank McCourt. But um, yeah, DJ is like, wow, Irish dancing. Sean, do you know how? And of course, Sean's like, it was my dream to meet Mrs. Michael Flatley. She's like, me too. And she's like, wait, what? Because <laughs> she doesn't know that Sean is gay. Of course, DJ wants to take the shoes and the socks off so that way she can do it. I mean, wait, most of the, the guys here all have shoes on, so I hope she doesn't get uh, stepped on. So Stephanie gets in there and is, you know, Irish dancing next to DJ. And she's like, we got to talk about Sean. And DJ's like, oh my gosh, yes, I know, he's amazing. He's a great, da- funny, charming, good looking, all of that. He's the uh, gold at the pot of the uh, pot at the end of the rainbow. And Stephanie's, yeah, about that rainbow. <laughs> I want to play this clip. This, uh, oh boy. And DJ decided to be friends. And of course, Stephanie or DJ and Sean decided to be friends since, you know, she was attracted to him. And of course, uh, he wasn't attracted to her. He just thought she was cool. And Stephanie, of course, is trying to tell DJ, like, he's not a right fit for you. 
And DJ's like, why are you saying this? And Stephanie, of course, this is always something that happens when someone is trying to repeat something and uh, all of a sudden everyone can hear you. Like the music, everything just stops. And Stephanie's like, Sean is gay. And everyone just turns to look, the music stops. And DJ's like, is it true you're gay? And he's like, yeah. And now my grandparents know. And we cut to the the, the elderly couple that do the little snap thing. And I'm like, okay, cool, cool. I don't have a problem with that. Well, I like how DJ wishes she could be more like Stephanie. And Stephanie wishes she could be more like DJ, you know, waking up. You know, DJ seems all completely together and with it. And she even wakes up every morning in a good mood. Yeah, I'm sure she's more in a good mood when she's had her coffee. And Stephanie's like, what's your secret? And DJ's like, I go to sleep at 9.30. Of course, the bride's going to throw the bou- throw the bouquet. And Stephanie's like, wait, 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 you don't want it. And of course, DJ ends up catching the bouquet. It's like, great. You just out- gave yourselves away. You're not supposed to do that as wedding crashers. You're supposed to blend in and it'll be like you were never there. Basically, you're eating food and having fun at someone else's expense. And all the, the ladies are all like, who is this girl? You know the bride. Stephanie says, don't catch the bouquet because we're not supposed to be here. Wedding crashing 101, DJ. DJ gives the bouquet back to the bride and says, oh, you can do it again, don't worry. And of course, the, one of the bridesmaids is like, oh, I'll take that. Now, Lydia, the bridesmaid, doesn't have an accent. But the bride's like, who are you exactly? That's my impression of the Irish accent. It's probably crappy too, just like DJ's. And DJ's like, oh, we're your fifth cousins from County Cork. And it's like, why don't you have an accent then? She's like, I didn't have cousins from County Cork. <laughs> I love Stephanie. She's like, oh, is this not the McShamrock wedding? Uh, No. Of course, Stephanie's like, alright, well then, goodbye, goodbye, goodbye. <laughs> I guess she does a little, hums a little jig. And of course, oh, gotta get another corned beef, because my feet need to continue to swell. Of course, the bride and groom and the wedding party are like, who, what, huh? Stephanie's like, I'll take this corned beef to go. And of course, DJ's like, oh, the soup ladle's from us. It's like, oh my goodness. So back at the house, Fernando and Kimmy are hanging out. They're sharing some wine. Like, oh. A moment with a woman I love and your friend's baby. And Tommy is right there in his little high chair. <laughs> and Kimmy's all like, here's Tommy. And she takes her wine glass and clinks it against his little uh, sippy cup thing. And Kimmy's like, oh, remember when Ramona was that age? Oh, She's like, oh, she was so young and so not on a date with a teenage boy. Well, she's not really on a date with a teenage boy. She never was. So, Kimmy's worried that Ramona's not returning her texts. Like, why isn't she returning my texts? And Fernando's like, because it disrupts the movie-going experience. Like, last week there was this terrible screaming baby. <laughs> and he's like, Tommy, I should not have taken you to Captain America Civil War. <laughs> no! What's he gonna get from it? He's like, two years old. What a play. This is so cute. Last week... There was this terrible screaming baby. Tommy, I should not have taken you to Captain America Civil War. <laughs> so 
Kimmy can't stand it anymore. She stands up from the table like, Fernando, get your man purse. We're going down there. He's, he's like offended. He's like, for the last time, it's not a man purse. It's a gaucho saddlebag. I thought he was going to say something like, it's a satchel or something. And he's like, look, how much trouble could they possibly get into? And of course, Fernando did not know this as Kimmy says, well, they made out this afternoon. And I'm sure he's like, let's go. He's like, we're going down there. Get my purse. <laughs> he's like, well, make sure there's no hanky-panky and we'll enjoy a Kevin Hart movie. <laughs> the last Kevin Hart movie I saw, of course, was the new Jumanji movie called The Next Level. I love the first Jumanji movie, too. And I also, um, The Upside with Brian Cranston and Kevin Hart, uh, I think that came out last year. That's a good one, too. Fernando likes Kevin Hart because he's so funny because he's so loud. And he's like, but he's so little. <laughs> he's too and I love how Kevin's like laughing. <laughs> yes, I know. Us short people are so funny, aren't we? Okay, so Jackson comes in and announces that he's home. And Ramona comes down the stairs, like, probably saying, like, quickly pretend that I was with you the whole time. She says, I'm home too. And Jackson's like, where did you go? And she's like, it's a long story. Play dumb. He's like, okay. <laughs> Kimmy's like, oh, how was my little girl's first date? And Ramona's like, oh, it was so romantic. I'll remember it forever. Like, going to bed now. Of course, Fernando's like, oh, no, 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 no. I want some details here. And he's like, was Senor Popco a gentleman? And Jackson's like, oh, he was to me. Let me popcorn and held the door. I'm like, Jackson, he wasn't talking to you. <laughs> of course, now DJ and Stephanie come from their wedding crashing. And Max comes into the living room from the kitchen. So everyone's there. And it seems like Ramona's going to have to break out the bad news. Where did you go? It's a long story. Play dumb. Okay. <laughs> How was my little girl's first date? Oh, it was so romantic. I'll remember it forever. Going to bed now. No, 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 no. We want details. Was Senor Popco a gentleman? Well, he was to me. He bought me popcorn and held the door. <laughs> hey, Ramona, how was your first date? Yeah, tell us everything. Uh, for the last time, it was romantic and I'll remember it forever. Good night. That doesn't sound like it was romantic and you'll remember it forever. What's wrong with Ramona? Here's what I know. <laughs> At first, Ramona didn't like Popco. Then she kissed him. Then she liked him. Then he showed up with another girl, so she didn't like him. Or maybe she still did. <laughs> that part's fuzzy. <laughs> then she snuck out of the movie theaters, hid in my room, and helped me tickle a dog and a baby. Yeah, <laughs> okay. I should talk to her. No, no, you stay here. This is a girl thing. Hey, I know about girl things. <laughs> like girl feelings and girl puberty and... Fernando, please. You're right. I should stay here. Yeah, you should. She wolf pack upstairs. Mush. <laughs> Man, I'm glad I'm a dude. <laughs> yeah. Of course, DJ and Stephanie want to hear all about Ramona's first date. Like, we want all the deets. And she's like, for the last time. It was so romantic, and I'll remember it forever. And she turns and walks upstairs. So Max, of course, is going to give the family the play-by-play. -play. Like, look, she kissed Popco, then she liked him, then he came to the house with another girl, and Ramona hid in my room, 
after she came back from the movies, she might still like him. I don't know. That part's fuzzy. And then she helped me tickle a dog and a baby. (laughs) So Kimmy, of course, instructs the she-wolf pack to zip upstairs and help Ramona with this girl problem. Because she's like, Fernando, this is a girl problem. He's like, I know about girl problems and girl puberty and, and this and that. And it's like, no, really, you should stay down here. And of course... Kimmy and the rest of the She-Wolf pack, TJ and Stephanie, zip upstairs. And, of course, Max is all like, huh, boy, I'm glad I'm a dude. And I love how he puts both his hands out for Fernando and Jackson to slap. Like, yeah. Oh, Kimmy, DJ, and Stephanie come upstairs. And Kimmy's like, oh, honey, Max told us what happened. And Kimmy asks, are you okay? And Ramona, of course, is like, yes, I'm fine. And I'm like, I don't think you are. I mean, you don't have to keep it to yourself. They've, they're going to explain. They've been there. They know about first kisses. And they're going to share firsthand their experiences. Hey. Max told us what happened. Are you okay? Yes, I'm fine. I'm just never going on a date again. Not that I even went on one. I'm so stupid. Oh, honey, you weren't stupid. You just got caught up in your feelings. And out of all the boys to like, why did I fall for Popco? He's such a jerk. I can answer this one. To quote the Queen of Disco, Donna Summer, bad, 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 bad boys. They make me feel so good. They do. Well, until they don't. (laughs) Which is why you have to be careful who you pick. Because some guys can be jerks. Some guys can just like guys. (laughs) But enough about my night. (laughs) I think what they're trying to say is, you have to make sure whoever you're kissing is worthy of you. Because you are precious. Thanks, you guys. Could have used that speech before my first kiss. Do you remember that Joker Rusty? What was happening to him? Oh yeah, New Year's Eve. Yeah, I-, I ate an onion so that Rusty wouldn't kiss me. But then for some reason I kissed him. That's right. My first kiss was with some guy at a spin the bottle. Bitterman. Jake Bitterman. Whatever happened to him? That's right. And yours was the same night with Kevin Gwynn. Yes. Oh, my Atlanta. <laughs> Oh, so was I. Just do your best. 
So Ramona just she feels stupid and she just says I'm never going on a date again. And Kimmy says, "Honey, you weren't stupid. You just got caught up in your feelings." And Ramona's like, "Gosh, of all the boys to like, why did I fall for Popco? He's such a jerk." So of course, Stephanie's like, "Oh, I got this." To quote the queen of disco, Donna Summer, "Bad, bad, bad, bad boys. They make me feel so good." And let me check that. So what I'm seeing here, it says that Bad Boy is by Miami Sound Machine. So I'm guessing then this goof or trivia or whatever you want to call it. This is under trivia. So the song Stephanie quotes, Bad Bad Boys, They Make Me Feel So Good, is actually sung by Gloria Estefan. Or does she do her own version of it? Oops. Because that isn't Gloria Estefan. Uh, this says bad boy. Let me see. Now I've looked on YouTube. It says Gloria Estefan and Miami Sound Machine official video. Okay, so it's both of them. And Kimmy and DJ just look at Stephanie like, you're not helping. And Stephanie's like, what? I mean, they do. <laughs> Well, I mean, until they don't. <laughs> and I like DJ's advice here, she says, which is why you have to be careful who you pick. And she's like, sometimes some guys can be jerks, and some guys just can just like guys. Like, enough about my night, though. <laughs> and Kimmy's got the best voice advice of all, as she says, you have to make sure whoever you're kissing is worthy of you. Yes, your first kiss is going to be memorable because it's your first. Just like your first time, it's going to be memorable. Because it's going to be your first time. You're Even with kissing, it's like you're giving a part of yourself. It's, you're giving up your first kiss. And I get you wanted to get it over with and everything, but it's like, you're still going to remember that. I mean, Kimmy, DJ, and Stephanie all remember their first kiss. And I, she's like, you are precious. As she kisses Ramona on the head. And it's like, oh yeah, because it's a mother. She loves her baby girl. And she just wants what's best for her. And of course, Stephanie's like, you know, I could have used that speech before my first kiss. And she's like, hey, you remember that Joker, Rusty? I really wish, like, was the remembering. I wish we could get kind of a, like a little backstory, like what happened to them. <laughs> and DJ's like, oh yeah, New Year's Eve. And I'm like, DJ... You were making out with Ricky the paper boy. You didn't see this go down. I mean, Danny and Cindy saw it go down, but... <laughs> so basically, Stephanie ate an onion so that Rusty wouldn't kiss her. And he didn't, but she ended up kissing him. And Kimmy's like, yeah, I know. My first kiss was, some guy, was with some guy at a spin-the-bottle party. It's like, yeah, that was DJ's first, her 13th birthday party where you and Kathy Santoni were going to try to get her to kiss Kevin in front of all of you and DJ's like yeah Jake Bitterman and Kimmy's like yeah that's right and yours was the same night with Kevin Gwynn I agree that Rusty was a jerk and Jake Bitterman is just bleh but Kevin Gwynn that was a sweet first kiss I wish they wouldn't categorize that kiss because it's almost like our first quizzes were not the greatest it's like but DJ's was it was cute and sweet and beautiful I mean Right up there with, you know, 
Steve and DJ's first kiss. A little below it. I love how she's like, DJ's like, oh my, Lanta? And they all like get to fantasize, remember fondly those kisses. I love that is a, this is a throwback for us Full House viewers when we were in the 90s growing up. Like, this is our throwback for us. We see DJ and Kevin, I love, didn't I give him the best outfit award for the episode? I swear I must have. They kiss, oh! Now, of course, we have Jake Bitterman with that, ugh, long mullet. Of course, we get Kimmy's surprised look, DJ's satisfied look, and oh, here we go. We get Stephanie kissing Rusty after breathing disgusting onion breath in his face. She, like, bends him backwards onto the couch, like, smothering his face. You don't even see it because her hair's in the way. But he's like, oh, mommy! It's like, oh, this little tough guy, this little uh, rabble rouser who loves playing pranks, but a girl kisses you and you freak out and run to mommy. Uh-huh. Yeah. Uh, and, and <laughs> Stephanie just loves that. Like, <laughs> I just bested you at your own game, basically. You were tormenting me that you are going to kiss me, and I just flat out just did it just to, uh, <laughs> yeah. Ramona comes back in. She's like, so your first kisses weren't very special either, huh? I mean, D Stephanie and Kimmy's, no. DJ's, I would say that was a special first kiss. Hey, how they're downplaying it. Of course, that makes her feel better. And Kimmy's like, the good news is your first kiss is not your last kiss. Stephanie's like, Hope you're going to kiss a lot of boys. And DJ's like, well, hopefully not that many. And... Kimmy hugs her daughter, puts an arm around her, like, just know I'm always here for you. And Stephanie's like, me too. And DJ's like, me too. Like, yeah. We're... And I like how Ramona brings up the, this whole three moms thing is pretty nice. Aw. And Kimmy introducts Ramona into the she-wolf. She's a she-wolf pup. And they all do the howl. It's like, oh! And that's the episode! This was such a cute cute episode. I loved it. So I think for the best outfit I'm going to have to give it to I'll give it to Ramona but runner up is going to be Max. As far as the worst outfit I really didn't like the dress that DJ wore because it had this like lacy material and it's just like I didn't like it. Um, lesson learned from this episode, just know, don't be in a hurry to get your first kiss over with, or your first time over with. Just wait for that someone special. Even if it takes years, because you're going to remember that first time forever, and don't throw it away like it's nothing. Don't say, I just want to get it over with. You'll have many other kisses down the road that might not be as meaningful, but that doesn't matter because you're always going to remember your first kiss and you're going to remember the kiss that matters the most, which is who you end up loving for the rest of your life. Whether it's your husband or significant other that you've been together for a very long time, just... Don't, don't throw those moments away. Don't treat them like they're not important. So I hope you guys enjoyed this episode. I really enjoyed it. 
So one of my favorite first kisses on television I'm going to play because this is just beautiful and it is the first kiss of Nathan and Haley, Nathan Scott and Haley James from season one of One Tree Hill. Try to wake up my parents. It's their room. Wait, Haley, look, I need to apologize, okay? should buy them in bulk if you're going to hand apologies out that often. We just... I don't know how to do this, all right? I'm, I'm not like you. What does that mean? All right, I screw up a lot, all right? And being around you, I just, I don't want to be that guy anymore. Well, who do you want to be, Nathan? I want to be somebody who's good enough to be seen with you. You should have thought of that last night. You know, I keep, I keep putting myself out there and you keep blowing it. And it's probably a good thing because at this point, there's nothing that you can say or do that's going to surprise me. Everybody And of course, here's another one from another teen show I used to watch. Ryan Atwood and Marissa Cooper's first kiss from season one of the OC. people. I trust you. And I want to make it this work, no matter what. And if we ever get down from here, maybe we can talk about it. Oh, well, who knows when that'll be. Please don't say that. Look, maybe you just need something to take your mind off. 50 feet in the air, how do you expect me to possibly... forget dj and steve's kiss granted of course before season six he did come on as steve and peters and they had a kiss in the movie theater but i'm counting this one because he says i love you to dj and it's so sweet on a bicycle the angle the tip of the compass here i i can't get the hang of this how about some help well put the needle here and the pencil here. And who says geometry's a drag? right nikki alex this is what's known as bad timing <laughs> uh, we were never here and uh now we're gone <laughs> boy aunt becky must really love those twins must be such an incredible feeling to love someone that much yeah must be deej yeah steve i need an eraser <laughs> Right. Eraser. Steve, you're gonna rub a hole right through the coffee table. I know. You got me crazy, DJ. I love you. Hold on. You do? Really? Yeah. yeah. I wanted to say it a hundred times, but every time I tried, I, I kept chickening out. But but now that I've said it, I I feel like I want to say it again. I love you.
This is incredible. <laughs> <laughs> well, don't you want to say something to me? Yes. Thank you. <laughs> That's it? I mean, I love you too. So, of course, the next clip I want to play here is probably an embarrassing kiss for Stephanie because she was hoping, she's kind of taking lessons from um, DJ and Steve, and she goes out with a baseball friend named Josh. And she decides to kiss him because she thinks she's on a date. And, of course, Josh is surprised and is like, why did you do that? So, one of, I mean, it's kind of sad, but, I mean, she learns a lesson from it. Unless the guy is into it, I, I wouldn't attempt it. Unless he's sending you the vibes, the right signals, don't, don't kiss someone if they're not, like, it, I mean, clearly you could tell. He's like 10, not into girls yet, but uh, yeah. Well, while we're waiting, you know what would be the perfect end to a perfect evening? You gonna teach me how to throw a knuckleball? <laughs> no, I was thinking more of... What'd you do that for? I don't know. Steve, I better go talk to her. Steve, do you understand women? Well, enough not to wipe my mouth off when they kiss me. Of course, who can forget Corey and Topanga's first kiss from Boy Meets World? I never knew I had it in me. Sometimes the reluctant warrior is the bravest warrior. <laughs> Kiss me now, are you? <laughs> Would it be your first kiss? Hey, don't come near me. <laughs> because it would be interesting if all your life you remembered that your first kiss happened when you thought you looked weird. Wouldn't it? No, it wouldn't be interesting. Get away. <laughs> because then you'd know it's not what you look like on the outside that matters. It's what kind of person you are. You shouldn't kiss somebody you're not married to. <laughs> hmm. Yeah, I would have to feel I really knew the person and that I liked him. Good. Good. Oh, that was so amazing. But of course, I also want to play this last one here. Corey and, and Topanga start dating. And it's just beautiful what he says to her. And they kiss and they, they agree to officially go out with each other. <laughs> what are you looking at me for? Corey Matthews, what is your problem? You. What did I do? Topanga, you only went out with my best friend. Well, you didn't ask me. Besides, you came to the make-out movies with my best friend, too. Yeah, but only to make you think... I mean, I was just... 
Corey, would you just talk to me? I can't. Don't you think I want to? I mean, in my head, this is so easy. I've said it all summer long, a million times. Said what? I can't say it now, here, with all these <laughs> empty chairs around. Corey, it's just you and me. We've known each other our whole lives. We've always been able to talk. That's what's making this so hard now. It doesn't have to be. Look, Topanga, if I had to dream up the perfect woman, she wouldn't even come close to you. Would you be my girlfriend? Yes or no? here of course is going to be from Anne with the e season three episode 10 waited for these two to get together for three seasons and finally in the last episode of the show they do they admit their feelings and they finally kiss and it's just beautiful imagination so I just had to be sure this is real Anne I have to know do you truly have feelings for me Toronto, U of T. <laughs> I still have a long way to go, and it's imperative I arrive today. All right, then. So, goodbye. Pen pals? <laughs> Likely you'll recall I happen to have a very nice fountain pen. <laughs> I have to run. I left my bags on the train. Yes, this kiss was between Anne Shirley Cuthbert and Gilbert Blythe. Oh, it was everything I wanted it to be. Oh, and I just wanted to share the, some of my favorite first kisses with my favorite TV characters with you all. And I hope that you all enjoyed this episode. And I will be back later this week with Fuller House as part of the Jesse and Becky A Love Story series. And also Little Shop of Sweaters, the first of three Valentine's episodes of Full House that I will be covering this month. Have a great week, everybody. Bye-bye.